Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Fellow Marketplace Christians, stop apologizing and start winning. Welcome to the Success Edge, the show that helps you take your walk as a Marketplace Christian to the next level. Here's your host, Christian entrepreneur, Tyler McCart. What's going on, Success Says listeners? Tom McCart coming at you. Episode 95, baby. 95. We're in the house today. Wanted to let you guys know that this will be an exciting episode because guess what? You get me. All me on this episode. So there you go. <laughs> so anyway, guys, if this is your first time listening to Success Edge, thanks so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate you uh, finding us. I hope that you uh, camp out here for a little while. If you want to, you can go back and listen to any of the uh, past episodes that we've had. We're approaching, golly, episode 100. Man, that's a, to me, that's a big deal. I mean, I thought it was a big deal when we hit 50 uh, and 75, but now here we are. We're getting ready and going to the triple digits. Yep. Triple digits, man. That is awesome. So why, why do we do the Success Edge podcast? Glad you asked. Thanks so much. We are all about you in the marketplace. If you're a Christian in the marketplace and you're wanting to succeed at a higher level and be used of the Lord in the marketplace at a higher level, then this is your resource. This is your hub to find all the latest and greatest that are out there for success in the marketplace. Because I'm not a minister, don't claim to be a minister, didn't go to seminary, and I'm not in the church. I'm not behind a pulpit at all, but I do come at you from a practical sense where I bring different people on here to interview them. And I even talk about my own successes, my own failures on this show. And I think that you guys will always get something out of this, no matter what it is. So I appreciate you guys just uh, tuning in this week. And it's going to be a special episode. Uh, but first, before I jump into actually the content that I want to cover with you guys, I wanted just to make mention of two things. One is, have you thought about starting your own podcast? Hmm? <laughs> if the answer was maybe or yes, then I think that you're actually a candidate to start your own podcast. And I want to make a rec- uh, two recommendations to you that might help you get started. Number one, I want you to go to buzzsprout.com and I'll have this in the show notes uh, for you guys, but I want you to go to buzzsprout.com and go to their podcasting 101 tutorials that they have. They've got a good little section there. It's free that you can learn about podcasting and what it means to podcast. And if you want to, you can actually check out the owner of Buzzsprout, which is Tom Rossi. You can actually go back to the success edge dot biz backslash 68. That's episode 68. And listen to Tom talk to you from his perspective about what success is and find out a little bit more uh, about his Christian background and his successes and failure in the marketplace. And I think you're going to find his episode uh, extremely beneficial for you. But I recommend Buzzsprout. And what is Buzzsprout? Buzzsprout is a media host for your podcast. This is where you'd want to host or place your media online so that people can find and access it. And obviously this is, you know, where I've done my uh, hosting or where I've placed my podcast episodes 
since day one, since episode zero one, that is, on Buzzsprout. So I highly recommend Buzzsprout to you guys. Let me also give you the second recommendation for you. And that recommendation is if you are considering doing a podcast or starting a podcast, wouldn't it be nice not have to walk through the minefield by yourself, but actually have (laughs) had somebody else that has already walked through that minefield for you so that you know where to turn or where not to step, so to speak? Well, I want to offer you guys my services. If you thought about actually creating your own podcast, uh, yours truly, Tyler McCart, would like to coach you and uh, kind of mentor you through that process. It's not going to be a long process. It might be about a month or two months, maybe in three months at the tops, where that we'd probably have hour-long sessions uh, for the week and uh, you know see how it kind of benefits you to kind of walk yourself through from nailing down you know what your podcast is going to be about to you know how often you're going to post your podcast to some of the technical things that go into podcasting to some of the other resources that are out there for podcasting because trust me I've you know done different uh, or found different resources that are beneficial and I've found some resources that are not beneficial or you don't even need to worry about those but if you've ever wanted to create a podcast, I'm going to make my services available. You can reach me at Tyler at the success edge dot biz. Uh, you can just send me an email um, and ask for my services and we'll talk about what that would look like. You know, if you want to do maybe three um, sessions um, or if you want to do maybe, you know, four or five sessions, uh, I don't think you need to do any more than six sessions. Uh, but I definitely feel like that, uh, you know, three to four is kind of a good sweet spot that we can spend maybe an hour on via Skype or on the phone to answer questions for you. Um, and kind of, uh, you know, I'm going to work with your budget, but just as a starting point, I think it'd be good to have just as a, you know, for the services that I will provide to you, it'll be about a hundred bucks per session. Okay. A hundred bucks per session. I think that's a fair number right there. I think you'll get a lot of value out of what I'll be able to offer you and the advice that I'll be able to give you. So there you go, guys. Ha ha. Tyler, the coach <laughs> helping you out with podcasting. So I wanted to actually do this content right here. And the content is, are you disillusioned with success? So you can go and find all the show notes that I'm referring to from buzzproud.com to even me kind of talking about my uh, me coaching you to this content, some of the references or maybe even some books that I might recommend throughout this thing. And I'll go ahead and let you guys know, I'm going to tell myself that I've recorded this, this actual episode four times. <laughs> this is take number four. But I wanted to get it right. You know, the last one I did, the last recording, it was really good actually, but it was just really long. And I feel like I had way too much content in there than what needed to be. And I feel like I can condense this down to get it under 30 minutes. And I think it can help you guys out, you know, with this. So let's actually go to the Bible. How about that? That's a good place to start because success stems from the Bible. All success comes from the word of God. If you are a Christian, uh, that is where we go for our home base. So let's go to Habakkuk chapter two, verse two and three. And a lot of people know this, uh, you know, write the vision, make it plain, put it on tablets. We, we know that uh, version of that uh, verses right there for Habakkuk two um, and two and three. But I want to read it in the message Bible. I think it really kind of gives a practical sense of 
what success really kind of means and you having a goal out there and you having a destination or you having a calling or a vision or a dream that God has maybe birthed inside you or has revealed to you over the past several years. And you know, for that, for what it's worth, you've become a little disillusioned. All right. And I'm going to come back to the definition of disillusioned and hopefully you'll take it because I didn't know what the definition of delusioned was for a long time until I actually looked it up and found out what it meant. And thankfully I did because you can become disillusioned with your own dream. You can become disillusioned with your own success in the marketplace. And I want to give you some practical things and some stories that might be able to raise your belief and be able to help you know that, Hey, you don't need to become disillusioned. You don't need to, um, how to say it, you know, put your expectations out there so much about the process that you're going to go through in order to accomplish your dream or your vision. So and I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So let me back up. So let's go to Habakkuk, so Habakkuk chapter two, two and three. So here it is in the message. And then God said, answered, write this, write what you see. I mean, just in those two sentences right there, we could camp out all day long, write what you see, write it out in big, bold, excuse me, big block letters so that it can be read on the run. Man, guys, I'm, I'm telling you, this, this little section here is just so powerful. You have been given a vision. You've been given something that God has you know, placed inside of you. You've seen it. I know you've seen it. I, I mean, I've, I've talked to so many of you out there, and you've seen inside of yourself. God has given you almost like, you know, kind of like that little flashcard or, you know, that little blip on the, on the TV and you could see the image, but then it's gone. Or, you know, you got to see it for the, you know, for about a minute or so, or you, maybe you dreamed it in a dream or whatever it is. But here's the thing. You saw it and God says, you need to write it down and put it in big block letters and make sure that you see it or read it on the run. All right. That doesn't mean sit there and just dwell upon it, but you actually see it on the run. Now, the other thing it says, it says this vision message, all right, this vision message. So it's a vision. So it's something you see is a witness pointing to what's to come. So that thing that God has put out there for you is to come. All right. Here's also what it says in, in the, in the message Bible, it aches for the coming. I mean, the actual vision itself aches, not you per se. It's like birth pains. It's like, it's a baby growing inside of you that wants to come out. And it says right here again in the message, it says it can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. That thing that you feel that God has placed inside of you guys, it's not lying to you. Don't be deceived by the enemy. Don't become disillusioned with that vision. All right. And again, I'm going to come back to what disillusion means because I think it's important. And here's the last part, because this is where the disillusionment, this is where people lose it. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. Woo, doggy. Man, this is going to be good here, guys. I'm excited to be able to talk to you about this. This is going to be such a good, 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 good thing. Now, so here's the deal. Disillusionment or dis becoming disillusioned means disappointed in someone or something 
that one discovers to be less good or not as what you thought it was going to be or what you have thought or believed it could be or believed it would be. And let's, let's make sure you understand that and break that down maybe in English and how that Tyler would uh, define that to you. You have this, you know, dream or this vision that's out there or this person or this thing or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, you know, it's not all what it's cracked up to be in your pursuit or in the process of you realizing that dream or vision that you had. All right. So all of a sudden, you know, you've run on some roadblocks or some, you know, things that you've had to change inside of yourself. And you're saying, oh, man, this isn't what I expected. This isn't comfortable. <laughs> and guys, I've been there. And to be as, as transparent as I possibly can be, guys, I'm actually there right now. As I'm sitting here recording this, it was just maybe definitely this past week that I was just sitting there saying, man, I should be so much further along than where I'm at today. What is the deal, Lord? I mean, what what is it that's going on? You know, I mean, why why is this taking so long? <laughs> I mean, you probably have never had any of those thoughts out there, SEC, okay? Success as community, I know you've never had any of those thoughts. But yours truly, Tyler McCart, I'm telling on myself right now. But you know what? The thing is, guys, is that I feel like I can come to you and talk about this because this is real. This is what's happening, you know, in my life. And you know what? By me actually talking to you today is just another good reason why I should be talking to you today because I'm in the thick of things. You know, the enemy and even my own flesh wants, I'm talking wants to make me disillusioned. It wants me to feel defeated about the goals or the, the dreams or the aspirations that I know that God has placed inside of me and that I feel like that I should be already further along than what I am. Okay. But here I am. I'm here still. I'm still moving forward. I'm still recording this podcast. I'm still sending it out to the, you know, thousands of listeners that we have out there. And the deal is guys, is that I appreciate you. And I want to encourage you today. I want to give you three quick stories of different people that I feel like will help you overcome you being disillusioned because I, and I want to go back to this one statement in here that it, if it seems slow in coming, I mean, this is in back in Habakkuk in the message Bible. If it seems slow in coming, wait on it. Can I just tell you something guys? Success seems slow. All right. Success seems slow. Because success does not happen overnight. I mean, how many times have we heard, you know, the great, you know, uh, different, well, I think it's a boxer that says it is that, you know, hey, you know, the champion is actually made in his training or in his practice or in his craft, but he is recognized as a champion in the ring. He's already a champion because he's doing the work. He's doing what he knows he needs to be doing or she needs to be doing out there to prepare for when they do step in that ring and then are recognized for the accomplishment that they have, you know, th therein lies just the, the beauty of success because success, when you're all alone, when you're out there in the trenches, like you are in your job or in, you know, your sales call that you're getting ready to make, 
or, you know, you're on that elliptical and, you know, you've got, you know, these children that you're trying to raise and you want to raise them the right way, all these different things, you are in the thick of it. And I know you are, and trust me, God knows you are. And I'll tell I just tell you myself just personally, well, actually I'm going to tell these stories. Let me tell the stories first guys. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell what I, what happened with me uh, this week, how I kind of overcame what I did had to overcome. So anyway, let's talk about King David. All right. So here's the deal. King David got a vision. He was anointed King of Israel at the ripe old age of 12 years old. And then five years later, he is thrust into the throes of being right in front of Goliath. And he's still not King though. Hey, it's been five years. Why am I not King? Why am I not further along? Well, he goes and faces Goliath. You, Goliath, you know the story. He gets promised land. He gets promised uh, not paying taxes, which is an awesome thing right there. Uh, the other thing he gets promised is being uh, a prince and married to the princess. I mean, those are pretty good uh, motivating tools to go out and kill a giant. Okay? Well, after he kills the giant, he doesn't get those things automatically. Ha ha. Are you disillusioned? <laughs> are you going to allow disillusionment? to creep in on you? Are you going to become disheartened with success or the goal or the vision that God has placed inside of you? King Saul makes King David or not King David, but David go out and kill more Philistines before he's allowed to marry his daughter. And he actually doesn't even get his, the first daughter. He gets the second daughter, Michelle. Yep. So he gets the second daughter. Well, here you go. Then King Saul wants to kill David because he becomes jealous of him. And from that point on, David is running from age 17, 13 years later. All right. 13 years later, he's running for his life and he becomes disheartened. He becomes frustrated. He becomes confused at what God is doing. He's a, he was a real person about it. He didn't mix any words about it. And you know what? It's okay, but he never lost sight of the vision that God placed inside of him back whenever he was a 12-year-old little shepherd boy of being king. Okay? Don't become disillusioned. Let's go to Joseph. You know I love David and Joseph, so I'm going to talk about Joseph. But I'll talk about Joseph kind of in a, in a little bit more, make it a little more personal to you. Let's think about if you were in Joseph's shoes where the God places inside of you this dream of you being a blessing and being, you know, a leader of your own family and, you know, helping your family out, right? Well, all of a sudden you find yourself in a pit by your own family, <laughs> right? You find yourself in a pit and then you are exiled or you're sold into slavery down to a foreign country. Let's just say it's China or some other place that you're exiled. It could be any place in the world, but you're exiled to that place. And your family totally thinks that you're gone. You're good riddance. You're dead to them. Are you disillusioned? Did you become disillusioned because of it? That thing that God placed back inside of you whenever you were about you know, 16 or 17 years old? Did you just give up? Did you say, ah, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel. Now, <laughs> there's no way in the world I'm going to see this through. No, God's still there. 
God's right there in the midst of all of your, you know, muckety muck, all in your, you know, stuff that you're going through right now. Well, here you are. You're now a slave. You're serving in the uh, in the chief executioner's house, and then all of a sudden you get falsely accused by his wife, or if you're a female by his husband, whatever it is, you get falsely accused, and now you get thrown in prison, and now you're in prison for golly, maybe you know, ten years, possibly. Who knows how long it was that Joseph was in prison, but you know, let's just say it was, let's just say it was seven years. You're in seven, seven years of being in prison, man, that stinks. So you're in prison and all of a sudden you become the head, you know, second in command in the prison, but you're still in prison. Your family doesn't know where you're at. You probably don't even know where you're at. Okay. (laughs) And lo and behold, you get to interpret two people's dreams and then they forget about you or that person forgets about you for two more years. Are you disillusioned? Are you willing to stuck it, stick it out, stick it out for your dream? Are you willing to trust God and know that God's still right there with you to bring it to pass that you don't have to have, figure it all out that you really actually, technically you don't even need to think about the process. You don't even need to think about how it's going to happen because God is all the while at work inside of you. That's Philippians chapter two, verse 13. Go look it up in the amplified. Because God is all the while at work in you, not on your own, but you, you are, God is inside of you working it out, conforming you, making you into who you need to be. Trust the process that God's working with you on, right? And then all of a sudden you get thrown up into actually becoming the prime minister in a day. And I know that's all great and everything like that, but still you have accomplished your dream. You have accomplished your vision because your vision was with your family. Your family was with you whenever you had your vision. Yeah, you're, you're the prime minister of this country, but your family still thinks you're dead. They don't know who you are, and you have to wait. Now watch this, guys. Another seven or eight more years after you're the prime minister for really your dream to come to pass. It's almost 20 years, 20 years plus, let's call it, for your dream to come to pass. Did you become disillusioned? Did you lose sight? You, were you willing to wait on the dream? Because it says right here back in the message Bible, it says it's on its way. It will come right on time. Let's use another story. Last story, boys and girls. Huh? Roger Bannister. We all know the, the awesome success Roger Bannister had. Here he is. Um, the man that set the uh, broke the four minute mile. We all know that story, but let's, let's back it up a little bit and let's go back to when Roger Bannister is 17 years old and is wanting to be on the Oxford track team, which was the most prestigious track team in all of Great Britain. And it's after World War II, all of his teammates are a little bit older than him because they're coming back from the war. And he has to shovel snow in order to win the approval of his teammates or his future teammates and even get the coach to even consider him. And the teammates kind of felt like, man, this guy's a good guy. He's shoveling snow for us and helping us out. And lo and behold, he, they say, Coach, let's bring him on the team. He probably is actually good. He comes on his third string, and in his first meet, he outperforms most of the other young men and winds up becoming the top person on the track team. Hello? And then Britain, Great Britain, the nation – 
the press take Roger Bannister and make him into this iconic wonder boy that here is our salvation, here is our redemption for the Olympics of reclaiming our dominance in the track and field. Because you got to think back. Where where was Britain back in the, you know, uh, 1920s and 1930s? They were dominating track and field. Go back and watch Chariots of Fire where Eric Little and um, uh, Harold Abraham obviously dominated the track world back in those days. And here we have now 20 years later, 30 years later, Roger Bannister, the young man. He goes on in 1952, the Helsinki Olympics. He's the, the hope of Britain to win the gold medal. The gun goes off in the 1500. He's all raring to go. He actually breaks through and comes through the very last lap, but he gets out kicked in the very last bit of the hundred meters and the last hundred meters of the actual race and winds up placing fourth. Although here we go. You ready for you becoming disillusioned? (laughs) You becoming disheartened. Although he breaks the British record in that race, but he places not first, not second, not third, but fourth, right outside of the medals. And instead of his country, the call it the London Times, which went out to, you got to remember this, guys, this newspaper back in the 50s went out to 6.5 million people because Britain had multiple provinces around the world. Goes out to 6.5 million people. And here's the headline. The next day after that race that he supposedly lost, even though he broke the British record, here he goes. Here's, here's the two words that are on the top of the page. Bannister fails. <laughs> yeah, let's clip that one out. Let's clip that article out and go send that back to mom. Yeah, mom, put that up on you know the refrigerator right there, refrigerator door, and let's talk about that to all of my friends. All your friends back at home in the beauty parlor and everything like that. Huh. Yeah, right. 6.5 million people know that Roger Bannister failed, even though he did succeed. And after that, it took him two months, guys. Two months where he contemplated quitting. Now, that's the other side of this that I want to just mention real briefly to you as I'm wrapping this up. Is that success seems slow. But the other side of that coin... Failure seems slow too. Failure is slow too. You know, you you just you know you can sit there and eat all the hamburgers and all the you know junk food that you want, but trust me, eventually that's going to catch up to you. All right, you can sit there and always remain in your cubicle for the rest of your life not willing to take a risk, fear that you might lose something or you might, your friends might, you know, jokingly say something about you, or you might not be, uh, live up to the standards of what your, your parents thought you should or whatever, or you, you, the expectations that people have put on you. And you can just sit there in the muck and the mire for the rest of your life and fail. And it'll seem slow, so slow. And you know what happens? 
because you decided not to win, because you decided not to go out there and succeed, other people, because of your neglect of succeeding, fail too. Think about Roger Bannister. If he actually had decided not to pursue or get back up or recommit, actually it says, actually as I was reading it, it said, he determined a new goal after two months. And that new goal was to actually break the four-minute mile. He attempted it two or three times actually in um, 1953 and did not succeed. Came close but didn't succeed. But then on May the 6th, 1954, four minutes, 59 seconds happened. Roger Bannister was back. He was back, guys. He didn't become disillusioned with success. He didn't allow the process of him accomplishing his goal to cause him disillusion. I, can I just tell you a newsflash, guys? On your way to you know the thing that you're trying to accomplish or the thing that you're trying to you know do or become out there, it will never, I promise you, you might have in your mind how you think it's going to happen, but I can go ahead and promise you, it will never happen the way you think it will happen or should happen for that matter. It will never happen that way. God, God's, God's got too many things that have got to line up. You know, number the very first thing that's got to line up is you. God has got to change you. I, I don't have time to go into that, that, that whole entire thing right there. But you have got to change and become the person that God wanted you to become. Okay? So, success as community. Let's not become disillusioned. Let's, obviously, number one, keep the vision or the dream in front of you. That's what it says, actually, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Keeping that vision in front of you. Write what you see. Write it in big block letters so that you can see it as you run. The second thing is you've got to let it be a witness. I mean, you know what it, what it means to actually go out there and tell somebody about it. Let that actual vision that you put up maybe up on your refrigerator or up on your mirror as you're getting ready in the morning, put that vision in front of you and let it talk to you. Let it speak to you and just breathe some life of encouragement. Okay. Because it is pointing to what is to come. You can believe that. I mean, even if you wanted to write or take this whole entire Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3 on the Message Bible and put it actually on your bathroom mirror, you know, might be a good idea. Because the thing is is coming. It, it, it can hardly wait to get there. But if it seems slow, wait. That's the other thing. Number three, you've got to wait. And that's an active waiting for it. You can do small little things to make that dream or that vision come to pass. Little tweaks that you need to make in your own personality. Little tweaks that you need to improve yourself on. Little tweaks that you can actually take action on that uh, networking event or that, that place that you need to go that you feel led to go. Right? Because here's the thing, guys. It's on its way. And the last little bit, number four, it's got perfect and right timing. Okay? Think about Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister, everybody said that, you know what? The four-minute mile can never be broken. And at the right time, he broke it. And then I think it was a week later, someone else broke it. Then another month later, 
multiple people began breaking the four minute mile because somebody decided not to become disillusioned with success and they trusted it gang. We can't be disillusioned, disillusioned by success. Don't sit there and think that is that the thing, because you're in the mix and then the throes of the process of it, don't become disillusioned. Don't look at what you can see. You have to go back to the unseen, which is basically that vision that you have in your head. So success as community, that's a wrap on that. Again, just want to put that out there about, uh, if you thought about starting up your own podcast, please reach out to me. Let me know if you're interested in doing that. I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you, uh, maybe to work it out with your budget and uh, see how that would work out. But uh, Success Has Community, I appreciate you guys, and we'll catch you guys on the other side. If you feel inspired to take your God-given skills to the next level, download our free report called The Five Tools That Every Marketplace Christian Needs to Crush It in Their Career. God loves when we use the abilities he's blessed us with to do amazing work in the marketplace. So download your report by visiting the successedge.biz slash tools right now. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Success Edge.